Once again, we have David Lau, uh, CEO of DPL and founder also of DPL Financial Partners is with us in this new year. Because in the new year, that's when we all start looking at our portfolio, right? We're getting, ready, we're getting ready to file taxes. Am I ready for retirement? All those kind of things that lag during the holidays are now coming back to forefront, almost like Marley's ghost, you know, and Charles Dickens, if I can make that analogy. But rest assured, because we have with us again, David Lyle, CEO of DPL Financial Partners, to answer a lot of our financial questions. David, how are you? Welcome back to Aging with Grace 55+. Plus. Terrific, Dale. I'm doing great. How are you? I am well, and I trust you enjoy the uh, the uh, holiday season as much as I did as we all celebrated uh, the advent of light and peace uh, with family, friends, and loved ones. Hope you did too, my friend. Absolutely. So, nothing, nothing better than the holidays. Amen. Isn't that the truth? So, David, let's get right into it. Um, market trends. What are some of the things for folks to con uh, to consider in their retirement planning as we're in the new year now and in, in uh, 24 and beyond? Wow, there's a lot to be considered there because re retirement, you know, retirement is pretty complicated. You, it is. Got, you know, particularly these days, you've got to, you know, fund largely, you know, fund your own retirement. You know, a lot of people don't have pensions any longer. You're reliant on Social Security. You know, there's questions around Social Security. Will the benefits stay, you know, as, as high as they are? Um, and then the market performance, how is it going to affect your portfolio? And, and how do you think, you know, how do you fund an uncertain period of time? What a lot of people don't realize these days, you know, with life expectancy, you know, keeping, you know, extending, uh, that people, many people are going to spend more time in retirement than than any other phase of their life. You're going to wow. spend a third of your life in retirement. If you're retiring at 65 today, the statistics are that if you're, you know, if you're a healthy couple at 65, uh, there's about a 50% chance one of you will be alive at 95. So it's, you know, really getting to be where, you're going to be spending 30 to 35, maybe 40 years, you know, needing to self-fund a retirement. And that's, you know, that can be really, you know, really challenging because there's a great analogy that one of my, you know, professor friends, you know, uses is when you, you know, when you start retirement, you have kind of your nest egg yes. and think like a birthday cake, mm -hmm. you're having a birthday party and you want to slice up the cake, but you don't know how many people are coming. Just like you don't know how long you're gonna, you know, you're gonna live in retirement. Well, what how big do you make the slices? You know, each mm. year, you know, how how big do I make the slice without running out of the, you know, without running out of the cake? Um, if you if you know exactly how many years it was gonna be, you know exactly how, you know, how the size of the you know pieces you could you can cut. But that's that's part of what makes retirement challenging because you might cut the pieces too small. Yes. Uh, and you then you're not living as well as you might uh, because you're you're kind of scrimping and, and being very cost conscious or you might cut the pieces too big and then you're outliving your assets. Mm. So, you know, how do you think about, you know, handling, you know, you know, those kind of things? And, and one of the ways you know people do it is obviously with Social Security, with which pays you for life or you know with an annuity, which can also provide you you know, payments for life. And then you don't have to worry as much about how long am I going to live and how big a piece of cake can I cut every year? 
That's such a great analogy, David. And, and research bears that out too. When you look at seniors, their number one concern is outliving their assets. You know, then at that point, what do I do now? Do I, and, you know, being a burden on my children, do I have to find a job to supplement? What do I do? And one of the things I like about your program with regard to uh, annuities and your birthday cake is it allows you to be able to enjoy it as you're going along versus, like you said, scrimping. And, and now suddenly you leave this great birthday cake on the table. You're 98, you kick the bucket. And if you don't, you would known, right? But that's no right. one knows, you know? That's right. And that's, and that's part of the challenge of retirement, right? So during during your accumulation years, while, you know, pre-retirement, while you're still saving for retirement, you know, you have, if, if the market goes down or, you know, something happens, um, you have remedies, right? Mm -hmm. You can start to save more. You know, maybe you can start to save more, before, you know, before you retire. Maybe you can decide to work a couple extra years, mm -hmm. you know, to help, you know, augment that that retirement savings that that you'd created. But once you get to retirement, you don't necessarily have those remedies, particularly as you get, you know, to later years, you know, yes. to 75, 80 years old. It's not necessarily an option for you to go back to work if if your finances right working out how you thought if the market wasn't performing the way it was predicted, you don't have that option again of, you know, deciding to start to save more. Mm -hmm. you know, you, the only real option you have is cut back on your spending. Um, yeah. It's pretty much the only, the only remedy, which is what part of what makes it so challenging. You you've got options before you get into retirement. Once you get into retirement, your options are really limited. Shorter runway, not as much time to take off. Now you're taxing. They're moving you back to the airport, back to the terminal versus to the runway. You know, so so when you're heading to baggage claim, Dave, if I can match your birthday cake analogy, you're heading. We're heading into baggage claim area with very limited options, my friend, as you've said. Right. So you know, a strategy a lot of financial advisors and you know retirement researchers, you know, recommend is. And leveraging social security, a pension, if you have it, you know, or, and then kind of topping that off with income from an annuity to mm -hmm. cover your essential expenses. So, you know, that your healthcare is covered and your housing's covered and your food's covered, and you never have to worry about those things, you know, regardless of, because those are lifetime income things, yes. you know, products. So then you never have to worry about your essentials. Let the market take care of the things in your life that can be variable, you know, the vacations you're going to take, maybe you don't take a vacation or maybe you don't take as extravagant a vacation. You know, maybe, maybe um, it's, you know, for me, it's golf. Maybe I don't golf every day. You know, maybe I want to go, you know, golf fewer days, but let, let the market be there to fund or your legacy. Like you want to leave, you know, a legacy to your children, mm -hmm. you know, that can be variable, may not, yes. but so let the market fund things in your life that can be variable and let the predicted guaranteed income products in your life fund what is essential. Well, David, you've been doing something right since 2018, DPL Financial still rolling along. You've worked with, uh, as you said, leading insurance carriers to bring a a uh, range of value-driven, no-load products to what I what you like, what you call as a turnkey insurance management platform, and and full candor, uh, DPL Financial is one of the sponsors of my podcast series, Aging with Grace, fifty-five plus. In addition to 
Kentucky AARP. Um, David, as we go to our last question, staying ahead um, is key in the ever-evolving world of finances. I mean, you know, you got to stay on the cutting edge. You guys are on the precipice. That's what your clients are trusting you for. So when we look at annuities, uh, how can they help navigate a potentially volatile market this year in 2024? Yeah, annuities can really bring a lot of you know predictability and security to your portfolio. So, you know, if you if you particularly if you look at fixed annuities, which are you know really the popular product type these days, and they come in a couple of different forms. It's a traditional fixed annuity, which kind of looks like a CD. Mm-hmm. It's not FDIC insured, but it looks like a CD. It's you know you buy a, a, a duration, meaning I buy it for three years or four years, and it has an interest rate. It's going to pay you over that course of time. And the interest rates, because of the rate environment, are really attractive in those products. And then you're getting a very predictable return, you know, in your portfolio. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, those products today are paying five, six percent, you wow. know, and and higher, right? So if if you can lock in five or six percent, you know, for a period of time, that's really terrific. That's excellent. Yeah, I mean, the market over the course of time is going to give you, you know, six percent ish. Um, so if you can lock in guaranteed five or 6%, that, that it's why those products are so, uh, you know, so popular these days. And then additionally, when you use those fixed products for income, you turn on an income stream. So you use that while you're, you know, accumulating, meaning pre-retirement. Yes. And then once it gets to retirement, you basically tell the insurance company, okay, now I want a monthly income stream. And the, the income stream being paid out, the, the percentage rates being paid out on those income streams now are eight, nine percent. So you're going to get eight or nine percent against your portfolio guaranteed for life. You know, extremely attractive, you know, particularly during volatile markets uh, where you're not sure where, you know, where the equity market's going. So it's a great way of, of funding, again, your essential living expenses, mm-hmm. you know, whatever you don't want to put at risk. And then, you know, leverage things that, you know, are more volatile and more risky, like equities, to fund the the things in your life that, you know, aren't as, you know, necessary. Things that you can live without or or do with less. Yeah, I, I like that. And, and David, as we go to our close, I want to share something with you I read in the Chicago Times where... An investment advisor, someone ha- was uh, was looking at uh, paying off high credit card interest rates. I think they're what thirty percent, whatever, something crazy. And this person had said, "Borrow the money against your retirement fund." She had I don't know how much money, but maybe take out the thirty thousand, pay off your credit cards, and then take that money you're saving and put it back into the market. Would you agree with that? Yes or no? Or what are your thoughts on borrowing against and, and that kind of a strategy? Yeah, that's tough. If you got yeah. significant debt at that those kind of percentages, you know, when you look at the combination, your investments are probably again growing at maybe six percent. Mm-hmm. And then, but if you're if you have debt that you're paying twenty percent on credit card debt, 30 percent on, so you're really losing money against the the what because it's you're paying out more than you're you're getting. That's what she was saying in the article. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, you might want to think about, you know, paying off some of that debt, you know, that credit card debt uh, in order 
because you're losing more than you're gaining basically mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, in, in those scenarios. But it, it's been the traditional, when you can get, when you can borrow money at lower rates, you know, when, as we've been coming out of a low interest rate environment, when you can borrow at, you know, one, two, 3%, you know, 4% even, you know, it makes more, more sense to let that debt ride mm-hmm. and keep your money invested because you can make more than the debt. So it doesn't necessarily make as much sense to pay off debt in low interest rate environments, but in high interest rate environments, yeah, as a general rule, you might, you're going to want to consider that. Well, David, you've been doing something right since 2018. I encourage our listeners and viewers to also go to dplfp.com to get more information about a firm that's committed to delivering value to clients and investors alike. And you've heard from David Lau, uh, who is the uh, founder and CEO of DPL Financial. David, thanks for, so much for your time. Thanks for being a friend of this series and supporting us. We look forward to catching up with you again in the future. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Excellent. Thanks, Dale. My next guest is quite fascinating. He's, uh, you know, it, we're just talking off mic about his life and things that he's done in his life, things he's accomplished. And one of which is the grandparent merit badges. And when I read about this idea, I thought it'd be great to have him on Aging with Grace 55 plus. So without further delay, Dave Grunenwall, how are you, sir? I'm great. I'm great. I appreciate um, asking me to join you and uh, have a conversation about getting old, you know? Yeah, yeah. The whole well, the idea is we're not getting old; we're getting better, right? With age, as you are obviously doing, sir, uh, because you created this incredible game called Grandparent Merit Badges. Um, as we get into that, off mic, you said that you were studying about how to be a grandfather, although you had a big family. Walk us through that, my friend. Well, I, I, um, <clears throat> I come from a big family. We had, I had seven siblings uh although we grew i grew up in youngstown ohio and uh, we were one of the smaller families on the uh, on the streets so i now i have 50 nieces and nephews and great nieces and nephews uh, but i only have two grandkids hmm. so i had lots of experience um you know being a father and being an uncle and um but i uh, really didn't know that much about being a grandfather So I, you know, I read up a little bit, you know, I I was saying earlier. And so those old stories, oh, yeah, we could do we could do whatever we want. Grandpa, you know, he doesn't care. Right, right, right. So, I, you know, I uh, I wanted to embrace that and find out what does that really you know, what is What does that really mean? So I uh, spent some time reading about how to be a grand parent. But I Mm -hmm. also decided that I wanted to put a little structure around that and Hmm. uh that's what gave rise to the merit badges, um, that it wasn't just uh, going to the house every day, which, you know, I do. I go to see my grandkids uh, quite often, but yeah. I also wanted to um, to do something to put a little structure around the um, the adventures and to give a tool, to create a tool for similarly situated grandparents. I love it. Uh, well, let's get into to- that. Let's get into grandparent merit badges. Uh, what are the grandparent merit badges and how did you go about putting structure around it? Well, the, the merit badges are um, uh, the original book. There are 18 merit badges and it's activities that parents uh, or grandparents and their kids get involved in. And it's, mm-hmm. you know, it's things like 
visiting the zoo, going on a, a hike, going to the aquarium or reading about an aquarium, flying a kite, cooking a meal, pretty, uh, pretty simple things, but, um, you know, you're not always doing the same thing. So the, the book is a, it's kind of a, um, um, a craft book where you, uh, when you do one of the merit badge activities, you take the badge that's in the book and you put it on the page, the relevant page, uh, and you write about it. You put in the date. Here's when we did this. Mm-hmm. Here's uh, who was with us. Here's uh, you draw a picture or you take a photograph and print it out and put it put it on the on the page. And so it becomes a, a memoir of, uh, you know, your activities. And then when you're done with the, the 18 of them, um, there's a certificate in the book that you fill out. You give to grandma or grandpa and and it's suitable for framing. So. And it's just a way to create a memoir of all the great things you do uh, with your grandparents. Well, you know, the thing I like about it, especially if you're talking about that younger generation, first of all, it's like, uh, what do you want to do today? I don't know. You know, what do you want to do? I don't know. And so you've already, you've cut across the field on that. You're saying, here's an activity. You've got 18 merit badges. Um, and so that, that kind of, first of all, we've already uh, solved that issue. What, what are we going to do today? And the other thing, Dave, I like about it is you say it, you, it's an opportunity to disconnect from the digital and reconnect with those who matter <laughs> most. Intriguing. Well, you know, the social media has really um, become a big part of life and, and um, it, it has its advantages. This mm-hmm. right here is one of them. You and I are able to talk face to face. There's a difference between using the internet to communicate with people or to do research or and um, use it the way a lot of kids use it, which is they're just constantly on it, constantly yeah. interacting with their yeah. friends. And they're they're losing the human touch of, you know, hanging out uh, with their friends. I mean, I'm not, I grew up in an era when I'd leave the house at eight in the morning. And if I got home, you know, before five o'clock, my mother, she wondered what was wrong. Yeah, <laughs> um, I uh, these kids today, there's different, you know, they turn on their uh, they turn on their their phones and they just get so involved in it. So this is an attempt to pull them away from the phone. Put the phone down. You'll, right. you, it'll still be there yeah. in a couple of hours and let's go do something and you let's, know, uh, you know, just. Uh, yeah. You know, Dave, as you're saying this and, and I hate this, I don't want to sound like these old geezers knocking these kids in their phones, but it's almost like, you know, phones for kids are like, and I guess even for adults are almost like uh, adult pacifiers or even teenage passies. If you put it down, what do I do? I, I need my passy. They absolutely freak out. So what you're saying, put it down. Here's an activity. And let's go do something. What a concept. Very simple, like you said, but very elegant. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just not, uh, there's not much to it. Uh, you, you can't, um, you know, as I said, I got lots of nieces and nephews, and I see they're all different. Mm-hmm. They uh, And uh, how they uh, interact with the computers and phones and iPads and whatnot is, you know, I have a, I have a 16-month-old grandson, and he's... Um, he's slowly being introduced to technology. Kids are going to grow up with technology. Look, that's just the way it is. I mean, they agreed. Yes. Kid today. What is a, you know, what is a, a, a tabletop computer? I have no idea what you're talking about. So, you know, that that's okay. I mean, the world mm-hmm. changes. And, and uh, so it's just a matter of 
taking things in moderation and adapting your life in a way that, uh, you know, you're not constantly uh, interacting with people just on the, um, just on your iPad, but you're taking time to interact, you know, very personally. And not only are you interacting very personally, but you're, you've seized on the power of intergenerational connections, strengthening the bond between grandparents and grandchildren. Uh, let's build on that a little bit, Dave. What do you mean? How's your game accomplished that? Well, you know, the, as I said, you know, I, the uh, grandparents are, um, you, you know, that you're, you're trying to figure out how to be a grandparent. You know, my, my brother, I asked my brother one time, he had, when I first had my, my first daughter, I said, um, you know, you have three great, you know, kids. Um, what's the secret? And he said, uh, you're going to make a lot of mistakes. So the secret is just be there. Mm. Just be there. Mm-hmm. That's really all this is. Just be a, be a part of their life. Mm-hmm. And in this case, it's grandparents. Um, because as, as the older I get, uh, the more I realize that grandparents play an integral role in, uh, you know, a kid's uh, life when they grow up. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, the, the, um, it's just a way to, to connect in a real time by doing well, simple things together. Well, I was going to say, I was going to say on the simple piece, uh, Dave, it's, it's super sweet fun and it's immediate. You don't have to do a whole lot of, of application. You don't have to spend a lot of money. Mm-hmm. These are very simple activities um, on these grandparent merit badges. Um, and so you have, looks like uh, two editions. You've got a first edition, and then you have a second edition of the grandparent merit badges collection. Uh, walk us through the first edition and then the second edition. Highlights. Well, well when we started, uh, the, the first edition was a book with that had stickers, um, mm-hmm. and you would peel the stickers out and put them on the, the requisite page that all came in an envelope. Um, and we decided that in order to distribute this on a wider basis, we needed to go to something that would, you could just print. So now the stickers are bound into the book. You cut them out and you paste them in instead of um, there, there being uh, stickers that are, have already have adhesive on them. Mm-hmm. But the the merit badges you know grew um i had I, I remember sending uh, copies of the book to a friend and she said david these are very very nice but she's i don't have any grandkids well that gave rise to the friends and family merit badges ah um, okay. and uh friends and family merit badges is the same concept but it's designed for um it's designed for uh, babysitters, teachers, aunts, uncles, brothers, sisters, designed for anybody that wants to achieve the same uh, objective, which is put the iPad down, put the phone down. Let's just do some fun things together. And what you've also done is you've hit on a salient idea. So not only is, is uh, Operation Grant, is not only is um, grandparent merit badges good for families, but also good. Now you're talking about extended community not be outside of your family. Yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. For sure. I mean, it's, um, uh, you know, we, we, you know, we try to stay in touch with people uh, that, uh, you know, are interested in the, in uh, the, the kits and uh, 
and and listen to what they have to say. And when mm-hmm. somebody says we don't, um, you know, we don't have any grandkids, what what can we do? So I sent her friends and family books, and mm-hmm. guess what? Now they got a place in their you know in their life because uh, you know we broadened our horizons. So. For those of you who have joined us or are already with us, I'm having the pleasure of interviewing Dave Grunenwald. And he's created an incredible concept, very simple, but very effective, called Grandparent Merit Badges Collection. Um, Dave, as we go on, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about how folks can order them. But before we get there, the merit badges reminds me of my experiences in Boy Scouting. You know, you you collect your scouting badges and you have the sash. But every time you see, every time I see one of my Eagle Scout um, uh, merit badges, it reminds me, it takes me back to that day to that when I was at, when I was 18, 19 or 16, 17 years old, uh, doing whatever activity was. And so I submit my friend that when someone sees these stickers, it too is going to trigger a memory and take them back to that point in time to re to re-enjoy that moment. I, th- I think so. I mean, hopefully this is the kind of thing that, um, you know, uh, when you're 30 years old, you pick it up, your grandparents have been gone for a while and, uh, you flip through it and you go, boy, I remember when, uh, yeah, we all have, um, memories and family. There's nothing better than family. Well, Dave, you know, this has been an amazing interview. I trust our uh, listeners have enjoyed it as much as I have. And I really appreciate the fact that you're taking the heart, this whole idea of disconnect from the digital and reconnect with those who matter most. And folks, who matters most is going to be family. This is an opportunity for you to reconnect at a low-cost project uh, where you can really, uh, really capture and uh, memorialize, if you will, those memories which you can treasure for a lifetime by collecting your own grandparent merit badges today. And Dave said also, if you if you heard it, I'm sure you did, that you'll also get a certificate upon completion. Well, Dave, as we say goodbye, I also would be remiss if I didn't say thank you so much to Rebecca and also to Terry for making this interview possible. They said you would be a delightful interview, and sir, you lived up to the advanced billing. So I appreciate that, David. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Thanks very much. You too. Bye-bye. Please visit my website, awg55.com, to listen to past episodes of Aging with Grace 55+, including purchasing a deck of 35 oversized playing cards for deeper, more meaningful conversations with the seniors in your life or community.